Well, this morning I, I, um, I just wanted to pick up on something that Pastor Tark said in, in the last time that he spoke to us when he said that uh, your faith grows exceedingly. And I thought to myself, well, you know, how does that work? You know, what is my faith level now? If I was being, I had a petrol gauge or something to show me what my faith was like, how do I have my faith grow exceedingly? And if I was thinking that, was anybody else thinking that? If you said, have you got great faith or have you got little faith or whatever faith you've got? And when somebody comes along and challenges us and says, we need great faith, how do we get there? Is it something that happens automatically or is there a part for us to play? You know, we all know the Bible verse that really says in Hebrews, and without faith, it is impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. So faith, of course, is a basis not only in belief, but everything that we believe in the word of God. And the Gospels have several stories, you know, where Jesus commends people for their faith. And we'll just put that one up there, the centurion, you know, truly I tell you, I have not found anyone in Israel with such great faith. And then Jesus says to the woman subject to bleeding for 12 years, take heart, daughter, he said, your faith has healed you. And the blind and mute man, according to your faith, let it be done to you. And, of course, the Canaanite mother asking for her demon-possessed daughter to be set free. Woman, you have great faith. Your request is granted. So here we see this lady, you know, wanting to see her daughter set free. But that faith God recognized in her life. And, of course, if we flip the coin over um, and look at God reprimands people or says that the lack of faith, he could not work. In his hometown of Nazareth, and he did not do many miracles there because of their lack of faith. Catching Peter as he stepped out of the boat, you of little faith, he said, why did you doubt? And then the disciples, you of little faith, why are you talking among yourselves about having no bread? Of course, he was about to multiply the bread and the loaves and the fritters. And again, the disciples, why couldn't we drive it out? He replied, because you have so little faith. So faith, if you actually look in your concordance, there's a lot about faith. And you see Jesus commending people or you saying, You had little faith. In fact, he got into the disciples so much about little faith. You know, he was telling them, come on, I'm walking with you. I'm doing life with you. Aren't you seeing what I'm seeing? Aren't you experiencing what I'm experiencing? So where is your faith? And so we can challenge ourselves and say the same thing. But having been growled at, if you see the bottom verse there, the disciples finally said, increase our faith. They said, okay. Okay, we've heard what you're saying, now increase our faith. So how do we increase our faith? That's the message this morning. You know, Sally Ann um, brought these seed potatoes home, two seed potatoes from work, and they already had their sprouts on them, and she just said, well, you know, in your lunch break, could you, could you go out there and plant those for me, you know, if you've got time? And... 
you know, sometimes I wonder how much time I've got, and I can make time, but okay, I thought, well, I didn't then cover them over. Just go and mound some dirt up and put a hole in it and stick them in and then cover them over. That'll be fine. But then when I went out to have a look at the veggie garden and see that it covered in in uh, in the winter weeds, I thought, this is a big job. So those seed potatoes were still sitting on the t- on the bench. <laughs> you know, it was sounded like a simple job, and yet it was going to take a lot of preparation. And yet, you know, faith, growing our faith is the opposite, all right? It sounds complicated, but it's actually an easy application. So let's uh, look at the first step here. We grow through hearing the Word. And we've had a, had a couple of really good messages lately, you know, about the Word of God and the importance of having that in us. So hopefully we're getting that picture. So the Romans, it says, so then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. So it won't surprise anyone here that reading your Bible or listening to audio Bible tracks gives us a far greater understanding of who God is and his role, and who we are in Christ and our role in life. Knowing the Word of God brings a divine order. We come to know God in a personal way. Daily reading or even regular reading gives us huge insight. I love reading the Bible. Does anybody else actually love reading the Bible here? Give me a wave. If you actually love it, you like it, you enjoy it, all right? And, you know, it gives me new, why I love it is because it gives me new stuff. I've read it. I've read the Bible through and through and through, many times, right through. But every time I read it again, God gives me something. Anybody like that? You've read something and you haven't seen it before, but you see it again. Or he reminds you about something that he reminded you about once before. So it's a growing thing. It's always new. Does anybody know the Bible off by heart? Nobody yet? All right. We've all got a way to go. But, you know, stuff influences us. You know, our life is influenced by the world. Our life is influenced by what we do. So we need to come back to the Word of God to hold us to the true course. The, The Bible tells us how God thinks his likes and his dislikes, and we get to know his promises to us and mankind. Whatever situation we face, good or bad, we need to know his promises. As it says in 1 Peter, because of his glory and excellence, he has given us great and precious promises. These are the promises that enable you to share his divine nature and escape the world's corruption caused by human desires. If we look at that verse and keep that up there, we, his divine nature, we share his divine nature and escape the world's corruption caused by human desires. That doesn't mean that he takes us out of the world. It means that we have a different view of it, and we have a view of it from his perspective which actually gives us strength. This is where our faith grows, when we know what God says about the situation, and it's often contrary to what we think or what the world thinks, then we have our first basis and our first step into growing our faith. 
Now, you may be going through a situation. You may want verses on a certain topic, whatever you're going through. It could be that you're wanting to run a business. You could be a relationship breakdown. It could be finances, whatever it is. And guess what? You can use Google. So you can actually go onto Google and you can put something in there and say, Scripture verses regarding faith, and it'll give you heaps of them. So there's no really ex real excuse for us not to have these things. There are audio Bibles around uh, available as well that you can actually listen to on your app. You know how we put music on our phones and things like that. You can actually listen to the Word of God through those apps as well. You know, if it's business, he, God says, I know the plans I have for you. Marriage, love is. Husbands, love your wives. Love, sorry, wives in the same way. Whatever it is, children, honor your father and mother. There are promises for every area of our lives, whether it's healing. He was pierced for our transgressions. Finances, my God shall supply all your needs. Whatever topic you've got, God has got promises for you to walk through that and to come through in victory. As Christians, we should want to see the things the way God sees them and to have a God's view rather than our world view. So to grow in faith, our first step is to know what God says about life. Now, that doesn't mean we have to know the whole Bible, all right, for our faith to grow. We just have to know one verse. God will take one verse. That's how you came into your salvation. For God so loved the world, let's say that together, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. That's the basis of your salvation. Now, that faith that you had in that verse meant that that faith increased and you said, I want to accept Christ into my life. So God will use one verse in the whole Bible to bring you to faith and the starting point of your faith. Okay, if you doubled that and you knew two verses, your faith would increase. Amen? You with me? So the more verses you know, the more of the Word of God that you know, the more of God's character you know, your faith grows. Your faith must grow. But then there's a second step, and that's what I've just been saying, he who believes. And the second step is believing the Word. All right? There are people who know the Bible but don't believe in it and don't trust it. Even the devil knows the Bible. He will quote it to you if you give him the opportunity. So believe in the Bible, believing what God says about things, believing what he says about you and your situation. Because of outside influences, it can be a stretch at times. And I, I know it can sometimes be a stretch to actually believe what the Word of God says. Many things shape our growing up, our family or lack of family, much love or little love, kindness or abusive relationships all help shape us and our thinking and our thought life. You know, a parent, a doctor, a teacher or someone else in authority, a school or workmate can all speak words that may affirm us and cause us to admire these people 
But on the other side of the coin, these people may have spoken negativity into us, words contrary to the word of God. In fact, some of them may have put us down in a real way. And of course, the devil is always whispering lies and negativity into our thoughts without the help of mean people. So making a decision to fully, not half, not three-quarter, to accept the Bible as truth, ultimate truth, is the step that launches us into a faith-filled life. So we know the Word of God. We've read the Word of God. He's shown us a verse that is for us, and then we step into it. And this this week when I was going through, and I'm working my way actually through two chronicles, and there's some really good stuff there because you're seeing the kings, you're seeing King David, you're seeing Solomon, you're seeing, you know, Rehoboam, you're seeing Asa, you're seeing how their life changed with when they honored God. When they dishonored God, you could see things happening. But you could see people actually speaking into their lives as well. And it was encouraging me in some of those verses. In Christ, you are accepted. In Christ, you are secure. And in Christ, you are significant. In Christ, you are fearfully and wonderfully made. You are the head and not the tail. You know, I like that verse, that that song that we were singing. It says, I am who you say I am. And what I'm going to do is that I have a list of verses here that are very helpful for people. And I'm going to give them out to those, anybody who wants one. I am accepted. I am God's child. I am Christ's friend. These are scriptural verses that we need to know. And it will help you and strengthen you. If you want one of these, I suggest you go through your Bible and just highlight them. Maybe in blue or some odd color. So that when you flick through it, it can strengthen you. I have been justified. I am united with the Lord and I am one spirit with Him. I have been brought into a With a price, I belong to God. I am a member of Christ's body. I am a saint. I have been adopted as God's child. I have direct access to God through the Holy Spirit. I have been redeemed and forgiven of all my sins. I am complete in Christ. I am free forever from condemnation. The list goes on. I am the salt and light of the earth. We need to know what God is saying about us because it builds a foundation from us. So if you'd like one of these, just put your hand up. Celine and, and Radar will go and pass those out. And if you miss out, because I only did a limited number, then if you miss out, I'll email one to you. Um, I don't do it so much now, but I used to do quite a bit of counseling, and this would be my basis. I would say to people, do you know who you are? And come to that place of what the Word of God says about us. I am who you say I am. So hearing the Word of God believing the Word of God, and then thirdly, declaring the Word of God. 
So that's our next thing. Declaring the Word of God. Speaking life. Declaring the Word of God over your situation. So if we want to grow in faith, there are steps that we can take. And they're simple steps. If we know the Word or know where to find it, because not everybody knows it off by heart, then in faith, we speak the word over our or into our situation. If we took for an example where a doctor may give us a diagnosis that we have three months to live, in one sense, from his expertise and his knowledge, he is letting us know we have three months to live because of a certain illness. So we could go to the Word of God, and we could say, Lord, your, what does your Word say about health and healing? And we might come to Isaiah 53, where it says, by your stripes, we are healed. So now we have a verse, a worldview, and we have God's view. We can stand on that Word, and in faith, pray it and declare it over our life and over our body. Now, that is an extreme case, but in every situation in your life, where there are kids that have gone off the rails, where the money seems to just going out of, you know, you just seem to work to pay bills, whatever the situation is, you need to say, okay, this is what appears to be the facts, but the Word of God is the truth, and there's a difference. The fact may say that you've got cancer in your body, but the truth may say I'm redeemed by the blood of the Lord. I'm set free from the curses of the enemy. You you know what I'm trying to say? So we speak that out into the atmosphere. We speak it into our own life. We let the penny drop and say, ha-ha, your word says. So it's knowing the word of God. It's actually believing the word of God. And then it's actually declaring the word of God. Early in the book of Matthew, we see Jesus led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And after fasting 40 days and 40 nights, Jesus was hungry. The tempter came to him and said, If you are the Son of God, tell these stones to become bread. Jesus answered, It is written. Man shall not live by bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. When the devil tempted Jesus on the highest point of the temple, Jesus says, it is also written. Do not put the Lord God to, your test, to the test. When on the third time taken to the top of a very high mountain and shown all the kingdoms of the world and their splendor, all this I will give you, he said, if you will bow down and worship me. Jesus said to him, away from me, Satan, for it is written, Worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Then the devil left him and angels came and attended him. This is a key to us. This is declaring what the, it is written. And you stand on that truth. It's like, you know, the, the, it says the shield of truth deflects all the arrows of the enemy. But sometimes I get that picture of that you've got that shield, but sometimes you've got it on the floor and you're standing on it and say, I'm standing on the Word of God. I am living on the Word of God. And I'm telling you, enemy, 
where you need to go. I am declaring this over my life. I am speaking positivity into my finances. I'm speaking positivity into my business. I'm speaking blessing into my, instead of cursing. Our faith grows through declaring because then we see the results. The, the Holy Spirit wanted Jesus to succeed, but the Holy Spirit still took him into the desert. He also wants us to succeed, at, and he wants us to declare the word of God and to tell the devil to get lost. He says, I've given you authority to trample on snakes and scorpions and to co- overcome all the power of the enemy. Nothing will harm you. Just take that in. I've given you authority to trample on snakes and scorpions and to overcome all the power of the enemy. Nothing will harm you. That's speaking to us. We need to take that authority and take back what the enemy has stolen. And speaking blessing rather than cursing, the tongue has the power of life and death, and those who love it will eat its fruit. Now, we know that swearing is bad. It's not, it's not a good look for a Christian to be swearing, is it? <laughs> but, but blessing is actually speaking, again, what the Word of God says into our life as well. You know, somebody could say, well, look, my grandmother died of cancer. My, my mother died of cancer. I probably die of cancer. That is a curse that you've just spoken to your life. All right? It's my grandmother died of cancer, my mother died of cancer, but it's not touching me, and it's not going to go down through my children either. I'm drawing a line. That's it. Devil, you've had enough. I'm covered by the blood of the Lamb. I'm covered by the blood of Jesus. I'm speaking health into me and my siblings and my family. And I've, the, the enemy is after you. The enemy is after your family. And I've seen it where the blood line has been drawn and said, devil, you cannot cross that line. And he's gone, okay, I'll go out here. And a cousin or somebody else gets it and it carries on down. He's evil. Get me going on that one. (laughs) I'm going to tell you, yin and yang. Anybody know what the yin and yang sign is? There's a teardrop Two teardrops put together. There's a dark one, a black one, with a, a white circle in it. And there's a white one with a black circle in it. You know what I'm saying? That is a trick of the enemy. And what he's saying is that in the white one, which is God, there's a little bit of evil. And the black one, there's a little bit of good. And neither are the case. There is no evil in God, and there is no goodness in the devil. We have to have authority over him. He's stolen from you, and he loves you, and he loves you to bits. Anybody agree? Does God love us? Has he given you authority over the works of the enemy? Speak it out. And tell him to get lost. It is written.
So the fourth thing, this is simple. This is simple stuff. Pray to hear God's voice. It's different from just praying. You've got lots of stuff you want to pray about. You've got a heap of stuff that you want to ask God for. That's just natural. We're his children, right? When your kids are going to school, you know, they don't come and say, Mom and Dad or whatever, you know, I need a school bag. I need my this and this. You just know what they need and you provide for them. You know, they want other stuff, but generally you know what they need, and the Father knows what you need. And we do need to pray. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything through prayer, he says, make your request known to me. But there's a difference to pray to hear what he is saying to you. And in my fourth step to great faith is to hear what he's actually saying about the situation. In 1 John it says, this is the confidence we have in approaching God that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know we have what we asked of him. People have gone away from faith and gone away from God because God did not answer their prayer. It may have been something small or major, but he didn't answer it, and they blame him and says, whatever you say, ask, I will provide. But he says, what's according to my will? So how do we know his will? One, we know the Bible, all right? But two, what's he actually saying about our situation? Here is just, there's many examples in the Bible, but let's look at King David. David inquired of the Lord, shall I pursue this raiding party? Will I overtake them? God said, pursue them. He answered, you will certainly overtake them and succeed in the rescue. So David inquired of the Lord and he answered, do not go straight up, but circle around behind them and attack them in front of the poplar trees. So not only is God, God's telling him how to win. And we need to hear that. We need to hear what God is saying to us. During the reign of David, there was a famine for three successive years. So David sought the face of the Lord. The Lord said, it is on account of Saul and his blood-stained house. And then it goes on to tell him what to do. It's a pity King David didn't always inquire of the Lord, you know, when he was looking at Bathsheba from the top of the roof. But we inquire of the Lord, what does he want us to do in this situation and here? Because if you think about it, the step of faith is then doing what he says, and then your faith grows because you see the result. And your faith grows. Truly, truly, I tell you, it says in John 5, the son can do nothing by himself. He can only do what he sees the father doing. Because whatever the father does, the son also does. All right? So what I'm making the connection here is it's one thing to pray, but it's another thing to actually hear what God is saying. 
And if Jesus went and spent time with his father, his father would download to him. He would say, you're going to, I've said this before, I'm repeating myself, but he would say, you're going to a wedding with your mum. And they're going to run out of wine. And what I'd like you to do is take the water vats and, to, and pray over them. So, of course, obeying that, when it came time for the wedding, and when Jesus obeyed what the Father had told him, his faith would grow because he saw that it actually happened. I'm sure he trusted his Father that it would happen, but he did it. And then he goes, the next morning, imagine his quiet time, and he says, Father, Father, it worked, it worked. And faith grows. We go back to the Father and said, you know, you told me that such and such, well, it actually happened. Thank you. And your faith grows. So knowing the Word of God, believing the Word of God, declaring the Word of God, and praying, expecting to hear His reply. I think everybody here would put up their hand if I said, do you pray? Do you actually hear His voice every time you pray? Most of us would probably say, no, we just want to pray. But we need to settle ourselves down and say, okay, Lord, I need to hear what you're saying. And some of you are very good at that, to hear what God says. And then fifthly, step out in faith. In other words, give it a go. All right? Step out in faith and give it a go. Jesus appeared to the 11 as they were eating. Now here, this is... You know, Mark 16, this is the end. This is, Jesus is about to go. He's rebuked the disciples all the way through. He's taught them how to pray. They've said, teach us how to have great faith. And at the end, he's just about to go and he says, it says, Jesus appeared to the 11 as they were eating. He rebuked them. And that was right at the end of his ministry for their lack of faith. And their stubborn refusal to believe those who had seen him after he had arisen. You know, people came running back. We've seen, the, we've seen him. We've seen the Lord. Nah, don't believe any of that stuff. And he had a go at them. But the very next verse, their commission and our commission, Jesus said, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved, but whoever does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will accompany those, these signs will accompany you, those people sitting in this room, who believe. In my name, they will drive out demons. (laughs) I don't know why. Spirit coming on me now. They will speak in new tongues. They will pick up snakes with their hands. And when they drink deadly poison, it will not hurt them at all. They will place their hands on sick people and they will get well. That's for you and me. And we're going to do that shortly. We get rebuked. The Lord says, come on. Your faith, your faith is important to me. But he also says, okay, get out and start doing it. Get out and start doing it. See that it works. In Luke 10, it says, whoever listens to you, listens to me. 
You know, the disciples were going to be, we were sent out. Whoever rejects you, rejects me. But whoever rejects me, rejects, rejects him who sent me. The 72 returned with joy and said, Lord, even the demons submit to us in your name. They came back rejoicing. Why? Why were they rejoicing? Because actually what God said actually happened. And they were even amazed that the demons fleed. But they laid hands on the sick. They saw people come to salvation. And they came back rejoicing. Their faith had grown. As Paul said in Romans, God has dealt to each one a measure of faith. You all in this room have a measure of faith. It's in the Word. You, can, you can't say, I have no faith. You have a measure of faith, but you can grow your faith. How? Knowing the Word of God. Believing the Word. Declaring the Word. Praying and expecting to hear the voice of God in your situation. And lastly, let's step out in faith. Let's give it a go.